All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 222 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. I am mobile today, which is why you can probably hear the car running, car zooming by at 50 miles an hour. It's a 30-mile-an-hour zone, you assholes. Um, yeah, I'm joined by Lonnie, St. Louis KISS. What's up? And the bag boy, Alex. Hey there. So, gentlemen, good to see you. This episode is going to be all about the return of the comet, the new project announced by John Regan, Todd Howarth. Richie Scarlett, uh, Steve Budgie Warner. Did I miss anyone? I don't know. I'll figure it out later. So uh, I was joined by John Reagan at the weekend for a quick call to get an overview of what the project is, what their plans are, what their hopes are, and it's very early days in the project, so you're going to have to keep track of stuff at the return of the thecometband.com and preferably on their Facebook page where you'll get more up-to-date news. So without further ado, let's just jump into the interview with John Reagan, and we'll be back at the end of that to discuss the interview and to do our topic for the day. See you in a few. Let's uh, just get started, uh, and this is all about your Return of the Comet project. So I, I guess first up is what's the catalyst that's resulted in uh, the Return of the Comet? Well, as always, Julian, it's great uh, chatting with you, and uh, that's an interesting question because uh, about, I want to say, five or six years ago, uh, I had a thought that I wanted to uh, kind of celebrate the work that we did with Fraley's Comet, from 85, which was before the record came out, uh, all the way up to uh, the Trouble Walking record in 90, and I approached Ace about it, and uh, at that time, he didn't really, he wasn't interested in the amount of money that he was looking for uh, was not anything that was going to be possible to do, because uh, I really wanted to get everybody together that was available and that had anything to do with it, and that, that would be Richie and uh, Todd and uh, whoever else, Anton, whoever else would uh, want to join in the fun and basically do a run of about 10 shows. Well, it didn't come to pass, and that was actually the catalyst for the beginnings of Four by Faith with Todd Howarth uh, also involved. But um, that kind of has run its course to the point where we need to, we need to do new music if we're going to continue with the Four by Faith uh, project. But in the meantime, I got a call from a, f- a friend of mine, Tommy Higgins, who's been with Aerosmith for a very long time and uh, was a fan of the work that we did with Ace and, and with the Comet. And just really kind of out of the blue, he said, would you consider putting something together uh, to celebrate what you guys all did together over that five-year period? And I said, absolutely, because the timing couldn't have been better because Richie's not with Ace now. And, uh, you know, the four by fate is on hiatus. So I called Richie and Todd up and uh, they were as excited about it as I am. And, and that's where we're at today. We're just starting to put it together with a run of dates in April. Well, that's uh, that answered my next question, actually, which was going to be what has happened with Four by Fate as a result of that. And I was just listening to Relentless today, and uh, so that that project's on hiatus while you do the Return of the Comet, and uh, I, your last appearance with uh, Four by Fate that was in Miami. That's right, with uh, when you guys backed up Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, well, uh, we that, that was. Uh... The Kiss Cruise Sail Away Party there, uh, Joe D'Angelo put on, and it was fantastic. And uh, we were asked if we might, you know, if we would have mind Vinnie Vincent coming up and playing a couple numbers. And I said, no, that's uh, it'll be fun. So um, it it kind of went back and forth for a few weeks what what songs we were going to play and uh, if Vinnie could actually make a sound check. So right at the last minute, he showed up and uh, he jumped up and played a couple songs. It was interesting. So the Comet's never really gone away completely. If we look back to 97, 98, you were executive producer on 12 Picks and Loaded Deck, the two compilations that uh, kind of went into the Frelly's Comet archives somewhat. And 97, you and Richie 
had uh, done a couple of Comet tracks for the Return of the Comet uh, tribute album. You guys did Animal and Back on the Streets. So there's definitely interest from Frehley's Comet and Ace Frehley band uh, fans for this sort of uh, project. What is your ultimate goal for Return of the Comet? Well, you know, honestly, uh, I had uh, the good fortune of of co-producing all of the records that we did as well as co-producing and executive producing the two uh, CDs you're talking about, the the, uh, the tribute CDs. And, I mean, really, the, the ultimate goal is to just get up there and have fun and, you know, do some deep cuts, do some songs that haven't been played since 1985, uh, and just have have a have a, a good uh, good old time playing uh, music that's near and dear to my heart. And everybody that's going to be involved was directly involved and deeply involved in the writing, the recording, the live performances, in my case, the co-production. So we're just looking forward to all getting together again and playing it. It seems we're getting really, really good response, thank goodness. And I guess uh, the goal, if there is one, other than to just enjoy ourselves, is to keep this going and uh, you know play for our friends and supporters that have been there for us going all the way back to 1985 when when the whole uh, Comet concept started with Ace, Anton, and myself jamming at his studio in Connecticut. And then it just uh, went from there. Uh, there was never really a lot of thought into it at that point. And uh, what we're going to do now is I'm really looking forward to playing songs like uh, Animal and Give It To Me Anyway, you know, is, uh, and celebrate every... That word keeps coming up, I know, but that's what—that's really what I'm looking forward to. Uh, we're going to be playing music from the original Comet, which was with Richie and Arthur Stead. Then we're going to be uh, going into all of the various records on Megaforce. And um, it, it's just going to be a great night of great music. I, I can't wait. Well, you, you you spoke about the positive response that you've had to it, and I, I know uh, certainly a lot of the fans of this music that I've spoken with are very excited about the prospect Great. of catching the Comet, especially those of us who were in Indy and saw that, uh, you know, Frilly's Comet reunion there, and just the opportunities that this opens up with both Richie and Todd being in the lineup. Um, has Ace been made aware of this project, and have you received any feedback from him about it? No, I haven't, actually. I reached out to Eddie Trunk, uh, so I imagine uh, through Eddie and just through uh, social media, Ace would be aware. I haven't heard from him. I know he's busy. Uh, uh, last time I spoke to him was right after the Indy Kiss convention, which was phenomenal. Uh, that that was a wonderful weekend. Uh, I can't wait to do that again. Hopefully, Keith LaRue and his, his crew will invite us to back to this year's festivities with the return of the comet. Uh, that would be wonderful. But uh, last I spoke to Ace, he was uh, working on um, trying to go through his archives and putting together, you know, snippets of material and pictures. And uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's like Gene's vault, but I think it's along the lines of archiving uh, stuff from uh, all those days, the early days when we put the comet together and his time all the way up to right now. Uh, I hope uh, I wish him a lot of success with that. It's a lot of work, but uh, I would love to work with him on that because uh, we had some fun putting that together back then. Well, yeah, you're a part of the whole Comet story, so uh, one would hope that you could be a part of that. Now, the band includes you, Richie Scarlett, obviously, on guitars and vocals, Todd Howarth, who was uh, guitarist, keyboards and vocals uh, during his tenure in the lineup, and Steve Budgie Warner. Wasn't Sandy Slavin originally intended or invited to be a part of this? And uh, were there any other members that you'd approached before settling on the lineup that has uh, kind of been promoted? Yeah, we, uh, we, we spoke to Sandy, and it just didn't work out for uh, various reasons. And we had also, you know, Richie's a good friend of Budgie, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, Budgie went into the studio with us a return of the comet and cut animals. So uh, he was always like at the top of the list. Of course, Anton would be the first call, but he's been quite busy with Joe Bonamassa over the last few years. So, uh, But anyone is invited to uh, to jump up and join us, uh, Ace included. Uh, if we're in the area and they're around, I just want it to be one big party. 
It's like you're reading my mind today, John, because that's my next question. You know, are there any plans for guests or other alumni from the band like Anton, Jamie, Sandy, or anyone actually who's played with Ace to, to join? So it, you would actually be very receptive to having guests uh, come and jam with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If, you know, if we happen to be, uh, if we played New York and Anton was around, of course, you know, we would love to have him come up. Uh, same, you know, Jamie's out in Oklahoma. I don't know where Sandy is, but uh, uh, I don't know where Arthur is. But anybody, anyone that was ever uh, involved in that, as an open invitation, and of course, Ace always does. So I would hope that will happen. And it, you know, this first run is we're testing the waters to see uh, how the reception will be, and if it's as good as what I'm, you know, what I'm starting to hear back from uh, our friends and supporters, I, th I think we're going to have, uh, this could have some legs and it can continue. And who knows, we might uh, actually do some writings. I know Todd's always writing, Richie never stops. And I would love to take this band and anybody else involved in it into the studio and, and make a record. But that's car before the horse. First things first will be to get these shows out, out, and, out and running and uh, just have a great time on stage. It's interesting that it's going to have both Richie and Todd, who are very, very different um, guitarists and very different vocalists as well in, in this band. Uh, are they going to stick to the songs that they sung, or uh, will they be willing to take on any of Ace's songs that he did the lead vocals on on those albums? Well, we're probably going to... The, the wheelhouse is going to be... Uh, songs that Richie wrote and sang and that Todd wrote and sang. But I'm hoping we do, uh, you know, songs like Into the Night and, uh, you know, four or five of the other Fraley's Common songs that Ace would have sang. And actually, you know, now you're reading my mind because I just read it. Uh, I got an email from Todd that he and Richie, uh, he's going to fly into New York and he and Richie are going to woodshed and, and kind of suss out who's going to sing what. So, uh, all of that right now is, uh, is is up in the air, and it'll. I always defer to the singers, whatever they want, where they they feel most comfortable, and and singing. That's what I'll go along with. So. But they are. We are looking at, and we, the the set list is going to be, you know, run the gamut of everything. Uh, it'll be a little weird doing Rock Soldiers, you know, with the Aces back, and I told you so. Unless we change it to where's Ace, I don't know. You know, we could do that. Well, there you go. You just wrote the new line right there. So yeah, where the hell's Ace? I don't know. What about a song like Breakout, which uh, Richie did? Well, Richie co-wrote uh, to finish that one up, but Todd did on the album. Uh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that discussion. How has there been any thought about that? I'd like to see him split the vocal. It, it, to me, it you know it makes complete sense. You know, but. Uh, let Richie take a line, Todd take a line. You know, it, it, it's interesting you mentioned that how very different they are, and you're absolutely right. But if you stop and think of uh, my old boss for 31 years, Peter Frampton and Steve Marriott in Humble Pie, you had two almost complete opposites right there. And a lot of times that works really well because they, they push each other. And uh, I, I like that. I, I, I like, you know, the... Uh, the yin and yang of the whole thing. Absolutely. Whatever the case, I mean, I'm going to be fascinated particularly by that song uh, and how that, that turns out. Uh, what about something like Back on the Streets? I mean, I know that one's probably a little bit of a tetchy uh, subject matter with it being originally from Vinnie Vincent. Uh, but you guys did that back in 85, and Richie sung it. And obviously with you and Todd uh, – backing Vinny for those couple of songs when he joined you in Miami, would that be a song that you think you might be receptive to uh, resuscitating at this point? Yeah, we'll be open to everything, but I want I want the set to be fluid, too. I don't want to just go out and, you know, do the same thing over and over and over. So, I mean, we've really got a, a treasure chest of songs to pick from between, you know, three albums and material that uh, never really made it to the record. Uh, so I don't know that one, that one would, would be on a fringe that that's my personal, I, you know, again, this is a complete, uh, democratic, uh, band where everybody's going to have their input and everyone you say is equal. Um, but if you're asking me personally, I love the song, but that's kind of more on the fringe. I, I, I think I'd rather do something like give it to me anyway, an animal, um, than that one. 
right out of the gate. But I wouldn't rule it out for the future. Right. And then, of course, there's unreleased stuff like I Heard an Angel, which Richie, I believe Richie wrote that one. And uh, that that's in a similar sort of vein to Back on the Streets. But yeah. I just, I just think for the first, uh, the first run, we're going to stick to um, chestnuts with, with a couple of deep, you know, deep cuts. Uh, but ev- everything, everybody's open to suggestion. Now you just mentioned Angel. I forgot about that one. Uh, you know, that, that's a, that was a great song as well. So, you know, we've got a couple months before we uh, head into full-on rehearsals. But I'm going to be, you know, basically listing everything, and then it'll, it'll go to a, a vote and what we think we're going to do the most justice to is what's going to end up in the set, but it's going to be a good cross section of, of music and it'll be a lot of stuff that people haven't heard some of it since 1985. So that, that I'm really looking forward to, to bringing those back to life. Yeah. I mean, these songs have not been performed live by the people who wrote them and originally recorded them in many years. So that's very exciting. What about Kiss songs? I mean, one of the complaints from, uh, you know, some of Ace's recent solo shows is that uh, there's quite a bit of Kiss material in his solo set and people aren't getting to hear enough of his solo material. Um, Is Kiss something that you want to stay away from just in favor of balancing the set in favor of Frilly's Comet? And that's what The Return of the Comet is about? Yeah, I, I I think so. I think we're going to really be focusing on... Th- again, there's a lot of material. I mean, uh, you know, there's probably a good 40 songs just in in the the inception of the... When Ace and Anton and myself got together for the first time, all the way up through Trouble Walking. Uh, so I don't really see us doing Kiss songs. Uh, I, I don't think we need to. Uh, I really want to bring back all that we did you know, as Ace's solo project. But again, you know, I'm always up to playing Cold Gin anytime. <laughs> Rocket Ride, it's fun stuff. Who knows? But, you know, really, I, th- this is going to be more uh, of uh, th- that period from 1985 to 1990. That's really what we're going to draw from the most. What about reinterpreting or rearranging material? Uh, for me, as a fan, when... I listened to Second Sighting back then. Um, obviously, there was a little bit of a challenge with some of the material. I appreciated it a lot more now um, with the keyboard edge to it. You know, is there any thought that maybe songs weren't given a, a, a good shake the first time round, and now is an opportunity to go back and fix them, or are you going to stay very true to the originals? Um, as as a if I put my production hat on. Uh, You've you basically got uh, a roadmap with the originals. With the people that are going to be playing them together this time, that's going to automatically bring a different flavor to them. Uh, because you're going to have Richie playing on some of Todd's stuff, he's going to bring a little more edge to it. So I think automatically you're going to have uh, a little bit of uh, of a different a different flavor just by having a di- different musicians. Uh, as far as giving them a, look, I, I remember reading years ago, you know, a John Lennon interview where he said, I wish I could go back and re-record everything. So <laughs> there's never a point where you, you could say you're completely happy and you couldn't have done it maybe a little different or a little better. So, uh, I, I think it's going to uh, take on its own character just because of Richie and Todd basically being in the same band and on the same stage. So right there, that's going to add a, a difference to it, and I'm I'm up for anything. You know, we we might take some songs and and you know turn them into a medley. I don't I don't know. Uh, nothing's off the table, and I I just can't wait to get in a, in a rehearsal room with those guys and and start pounding out these songs. It's going to be exciting. Hope you guys film some of that to share with us before you get there. Uh, what you know, you mentioned Rock Soldiers, and that's one that immediately comes to mind as a possibly problematic song because it's so autobiographical for Ace. Uh, is there anything that from the Comet era that you just would not be comfortable performing from the outset that you just like, oh no, no, that that one doesn't work? No, absolutely not. Uh, anything is up uh, is up for grabs. Uh, I mean, I would love to do the two instrumentals that I, well, actually three that was, but the, the Fracture 2 and Fracture 3 that uh, I co-wrote with Ace, but that that would probably be something we wouldn't do. But 
I'm very proud of those songs. I, I, I really, uh, I thought Ace really rose to the occasion uh, and played some wonderful guitar on that, on both of those. Uh, you know, as far as, uh, I'd, I'd like to try Do You. I'd like to try, obviously, Into the Night. Uh, just give them a whirl. You know, any time you put a tour together over the years, you, know, you may work up 25 songs and maybe 17 or 18 will make the cut. Sometimes, you know, on paper it looks good, but then when you just get down to playing it, you just look at each other and go, nah, you know what, that one, it doesn't, it's not reading well as a live cut. So, but again, every song's going to be looked at and uh, we'll try most of them, I would imagine, before we settle on the final set. Absolutely, and you just don't know how they are, really, until you see the audience's face or reaction to that's, you actually that's playing another them. another thing. And also how you, how you feel in front of the audience playing them, which is different than how you feel in a rehearsal hall uh, working on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, looking at the, the lineup of musicians, um, I think what we're going to have is you're going to have Todd carrying a good load of the vocals and Richie carrying pretty much all of the, you know, the guitar hero stuff and Richie singing the songs that were trademark Richie and uh, the rest of it. I, I don't know. I mean, to me really keyboards, uh, well, I, I love a song. It's over now. That's one of my personal favorites. So that's one that I would hope makes the cut. And that's really the only keyboard heavy uh, song that we did. You know, it's funny. I've read some interviews Saying, oh, Todd, on the first album, you know, I played all those keyboards. The, the, truth be told, those those were played by uh, other keyboard players. So Todd gets kind of blamed for playing keyboards, uh, but it, that really wasn't the case. Although I think he's a great keyboard player. That's really where I ran into Todd. He was playing keyboards with Cheap Trick and when I was in John Waits' band and we toured together. So as a keyboard player, Todd's incredible. Uh, I really don't know... Um, other than it's over now, there would even be any songs that we would use keyboards in. Yeah, you know, it's over now is fantastic. That's one that, you know, I was, that, you had problems with the keyboards in Indy when I think Todd was going to do that one and it didn't didn't get done. And I was really bummed out by that. But, you know, Fallen Angel, again, another one of Todd's yeah. songs from Second Siding. I mean, I'd love to hear that. And this is just me speaking personally. But what about for some of the Ace material that's only Richie and Steve after your tenure with the band had ended? There's stuff like Sister, Take Me to the City, Too Far Gone, which actually I think Ace came back and guested on Richie's album and, uh, and did that with him and Don't Want to Lose You. Are you open to that? You said specifically 85 to 90s, kind of the era that you're going from. Um, would you, as someone who had then left the band, be receptive to that stuff that only Richie and Steve were a part of? Sure, I'm, I'm open. To it. If, if it's a good song, I'm, I'm all over it. Uh, but for this first run, I'm thinking, you know, because we have so much to choose from just in that time period, we'll probably focus on, on that. But I'm up for anything. If it's a great song, I, I, I don't, I didn't have to play on it the first time, so I, I'm uh, open to it. And everybody's going into it with the same frame of mind. So. Yeah, everyone's probably got some favorites as well. I, I mean, what are some of your favorites from that period that uh, you you are really looking forward to doing with these guys? Well, I always love Breakout. That I just love playing that song. I, I don't know why. It, it 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 it's heavy. It swings. It's got everything that I like about. You know, music. It's got all the elements to it. Um, I, you know, I, I really, I'd like to do "Give It to Me Anyway" because that was fun. That was a lot of fun to record, and you know, the few times it got played. Um, it's over now. Uh, Richie's "Too Young to Die" and "Shot Full of Rock" are, you know, again, phenomenal to play, and you know, they're powerful, energetic, and really just a lot of energy in those songs. So uh, this, I, I put a, a list of about 18 together, and I've been just kind of starting to play them now because I like the woodshed early on, and uh, every single one of them is is a blast to play. So I, I just can't wait. I can't wait for April to get here. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what what is your timeline for things? You guys, uh, you mentioned that Todd and Richie are going to get together and do their guitar thing uh, to figure stuff out together on their own. And then the whole band gets together, what, in late February, March um, yeah, for, well, for the April shows? Yeah, three of us are here in, um, in New York. So Richie, myself, and, uh, and Budgie are here. So really, step one is Todd and Richie sitting in a room with a couple guitars and basically saying, you know, do you fancy singing that one? Okay. And, and just, you know, get, getting that out of the way so that they're completely comfortable in, in uh, who's going to do what, who's going to play which solo. You know, for instance, if we do It's Over Now, the solo that was recorded, you know, Todd was playing keyboards and singing, but he also played the guitar part on that, on the solo. That that was basically cut as a three-piece, Todd, Jamie Oldacre, and myself. So Richie would be, you know, working on that solo. And then I would think that the three of us New Yorkers, when Todd goes back, we'll start getting together and just starting to do some pre-production. Maybe do what you said and, you know, taking a look at some songs and maybe changing them up a little bit, you know, making them better. Uh, And then Todd will come in probably for about three or four days right before we hit. Uh, I think we're looking at starting around 4th or 5th of April. And just doing like a 10-day run to test the waters. We've got some great venues that are uh, that are already booked. Uh, a couple that I play with Frampton. Uh, there's a theater in Pennsylvania that's a great theater. I've uh, I think Sellersville uh, that Richie was saying they play with Ace. So uh, the venues are going to be good, uh, and that's important too. We want to have we want people to be able to enjoy themselves in, in a comfortable environment. Yeah, so you've got Sellersville is announced for April the 9th. April the 12th is Showcase Live in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Um, those are the only two announced right now, and you're working on other dates, which will be on the returnofthecometband.com website uh, when ready to be announced, correct? Yep, or uh, yes, returnofthecomet.com or uh, visit us, Return of the Comet, on Facebook. Uh, they'll all be there. We, you know, we're looking to do um, looking to do one up, up near us here, up near Poughkeepsie. Uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, the chances, uh, for three of us in a band, it's kind of like our home, home field. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Richie's played there an awful lot and there's so many ACE connections in there as well, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've been playing there since 1971. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, uh, sentimental value to that, that stage and a lot of great people have played on that stage, uh. That's always a lot of fun. And again, it's, it's like a hometown crowd, so you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that's where 4 by Fate did the jam with Ace in uh, September 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun one. All right, yeah. I've, got, I've only got a couple more questions here for you, John. And one is um, merch. Are you guys going to do some Return of the Comet t-shirts so that people can, so. So, so people can buy some stuff at these shows? People, fans always ask, is there stuff to buy? And yeah, is there, will there be stuff to buy? Yeah, well, I would definitely, we're definitely going to get some merch. Uh, you know, I, um, we all had a discussion, uh, and, and this, this has no bearing on anybody else in the music business. I'm not, you know, what I'm going to say is not, uh, to put down anyone, but, uh, we got a lot of questions about meet and greets. I personally have an issue with charging people for meet and greets. That's just me. And again, that uh, anyone can do whatever they want. That's just my personal feeling. And what we're going to be trying to do after every show, you know, as long as our schedule permits, we will be out at the merch table just to say hi to everybody. And we're not, for the record right now, we're not charging anybody for meet and greet. So we just want to thank them for the support over, well, our entire careers in whatever band we've been in. Because if it wasn't for our friends and supporters, we, we wouldn't really get to do what we love to do. So we're looking forward to meeting people, and we're, we're, you're not going to be charging you extra for that. So we'll sign whatever you want, and you can selfie away. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. My last question is just a little bit uh, off off the cuff because it's Frilly's Comet related. I'm curious, as a working musician, um, 
how you feel about stuff like the Milwaukee Summerfest CD that came out unofficially a couple of years ago. You know, does that bother you or are you glad that it's out there? Because um, I don't know if you guys ever see a sense of those sorts of releases. What, what's your feeling on the music industry and, and that stuff being uh, released these days? Well, first of all, this is the first I've been even hearing of that. There's there's a there's a Fraley's Comet Milwaukee Summerfest CD. Yep, and it's you can go on Amazon and find it. Uh, it yeah, it came out <laughs> a couple, couple of years ago. It's the the full FM uh, um, broadcast from that show in '87. Wow, I did not know that. Does it sound any good? Yeah, it's pretty decent actually. I mean, it's not as good as uh, the 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 Aragon Ballroom that was used for Live Plus One, but it's uh, not half bad. Wow, I'm gonna have to check into it. <clears throat> Look, nowadays. The cat's been out of the bag for many years. Um, I never, I, I always liked the theory that uh, the Grateful Dead used. You know, go ahead and tape. You know, to me, it it just gives people again. These are people that are coming to shows that, if not for them, you'd be doing something else, and maybe you wouldn't be enjoying it as much as we enjoy making music you know, for a living. Uh, so I don't have a problem with that. Would I, you know, would it be nice for the the people who wrote the songs to see some publishing money? Yeah, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast in the year 2000. Well, it's been, you know, for probably the last 15 years, but it's in the year 2019, that's what it is. And I don't know if it would preclude somebody from coming out to see or buying a record. I just think it makes them a more uh, avid supporter. So I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Although it is getting harder to make a living in the music business, uh, especially the record side of it, you know, the selling of it's the selling of the music. Yeah, it's a definite challenge. All right. On that note, uh, let's just uh, wrap up with where everyone can find you for the official news and latest information on the return of the Comet Project. Well, Julian, the best place to go uh, is returnofthecomet.com or Return of the Comet Facebook page. Actually, the, the Facebook page uh, uh, is, is probably the, uh, the most visible one. But uh, we have a website, and um, the dates, when they're announced, they'll be on the website uh, first, and actually simultaneously with the Facebook page. So hopefully we're looking at getting in uh, six or seven shows between April 4th and April 15th, and I really, really hope people come out to see it because I know we're really going to enjoy playing this music again. And it's, it's going to be fresh for us, you know, uh, some of it that hasn't been played for over 30 years. Uh, it's really, really going to be fun. And we thank everybody so far that sent their good wishes our way and uh, it seemed to be generally excited about what we're going to do. So we're just as excited as you are. And, uh, Julian, I want to want to thank you personally for always being a, a supporter of the music. It's much appreciated. Well, thank you, John, for the music. Uh, without you, we don't get the soundtrack to our lives. So we very much appreciate it. I wish you all the best of luck with these shows and look forward to sharing more information about the project as it becomes available. All right, Julian. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you. Okay. Thanks a lot, John. Take care now. You're welcome. Bye for now. All right. And we're back. Uh, hopefully you found some useful information in that interview. Again, I must stress it is early days. There's a lot of things that are subject to change. They are announcing shows. I believe um, since that interview was done, the Chance Show has been announced now. You'll have to check that website for the latest dates, and I am sorely tempted to fly out for the Chance because um, to see an Ace Freely-related band play the chance in Poughkeepsie would be kind of cool, especially as someone who collected tapes back in the 90s, and uh, there were a lot of shows played there, and Richie played there a lot himself. So, Lonnie, I mean, initial thoughts on the interview. What Were some, were there any things that jumped out at you? Does this project interest you? And, uh, you know, just uh, give us the QT on it. It definitely interests me. I think it's, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's something that um, fans of this era – and this little nugget of, of music have, have been wanting for a while. And it's something that, that, you know, a lot of these songs are songs that Ace tends to ignore in his sets um, with, with playing songs like Love Gun and Detroit Rock City and, and Deuce and things like that. And, and ignoring songs like, like Stranger in a Strange Land or Insane or Separate and, and things like that, that, that would really get a, 
avid Kiss fan or an avid Ace Frehley fan really fired up at a show. That being said, I get why Ace does that because he gets the casual. He does get, you know, just regular Kiss fans at a show, too, who want to hear want to hear the hits just like anybody else. So this project with with, you know, the different members involved, kind of a, a culmination of the members really gets me excited that, you know, to hear some of these songs played live that haven't been played live in, I don't know how long, decades at this point, you know, gets me excited. You know, it's a it's a little side. It's a little piece of history that you can call it history or not, but it's just a, a piece of, of this era of our piece of like a, a side note of our favorite band that I think gets ignored. It has me excited about it. it really does. I'm anxious to hear what it what it turns out sounding like. That's really cool. I hope they go in with the with video cameras, just film everything no down and see if there's anything at the end that's worthwhile putting together. Alex, I mean. Were you even born when Frehley's Comet was around? I mean, I mean, <laughs> not, not at all. I, I don't. I was born at all. I was, I was born July of '89, so I don't know where I fall with the trouble walking aspect. I think I waited my whole life for Anomaly to come out <laughs> to have a new Ace album. Um, but I grew up with the music, though. Um, <clears throat> my dad had the Frehley's Comet, the first one, and he played it all the time on CD. He had Life Plus One, and he had Second Sighting, both on on tape cassette. And, you know, so I, I grew up with the music uh, around and, and so forth. And then, of course, you know, him getting like 12 picks when he came out um, as well. I, I'm excited. I think it's I think it's great. You know, it's a shame that sometime with the band, there's certain eras that get neglected. And we've seen it with Kiss and we've seen the reception of Bruce Kulik has had with with his performances. Um, and I've seen it, um, you know, and I know some people go like, well, it's just those guys. It's not Ace. Um, but I think of like, uh, the original drummer for Chicago, Danny Seraphine. He's been touring as CTA, uh, California Transit Authority. And if you know your Chicago history, you know, they were originally called Chicago Transit Authority. So you, you know, you see where they're coming with that. And, and he's been doing shows and, um, he's been having like even other former members of Chicago joining him up on stage. And I think he's even done some stuff with Tommy Sayer actually too. So, um, you know, I'm just excited and, and getting to hear some of these songs. I looked out. I saw Ace in 2007, on uh, December. It was, I think it was December 27th. Um, and it was like the first few shows he did, you know, before he came out with the Rocky Ride tour. And, and he did stuff like Stranger in a Strange Land, but then, you know, that stuff like that it was pulled out of the set list and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> it was a shame. And, I did, and I, then I saw Ace a few months later, uh, and he did his little medley where he did do a little bit of trouble walking. And I remember kind of going like crazy, like, oh, cool, trouble walking. But it was just an excerpt, though. So, you know, to get the chance to hear these songs again live, I think it'll be great. Yeah, I mean, you touched on something that's important to me. I don't think I've ever heard uh, Ace live in concert do In the Night, or Into the Night, as he retitled it. But I have heard Strangers and, you know, quite a few, especially now that Richie's been back in, or was back in the band. Sorry, Richie. Um, You know, did get to hear some of the stuff off Trouble Walking, and that was very cool. It is a great opportunity, I think, for them to dig back into that catalog. I remember, obviously, becoming a fan in 1985. Frehley's Comet was out and about on MTV at the time. So that is very much my era of the band I was able to follow live and in Technicolor, whereas I'd missed the first 13 years or whatever of history. I was there with Frehley's Comet um, from the first album. Obviously, I wasn't there with the band from you know, the, with the rich year. So it's like really exciting to me just the possibility of some of the rarities that they may be able to dig into. If people remember the 19, I think it's 97 tribute album, Return of the Comet, there's already been a bit of a Comet reunion and they recorded two songs for that. And that was, I think the Doug Snazel uh, organized tribute was one of the very best tributes done uh, to the band, yeah. particularly including that, and I think they threw on a, a Bruce Kulick track, Liar, and a Todd Howard mm-hmm. one, California Burning, on that as well. That's a great album. With, with the artwork and the other covers were just very good, uh, just a good all-around package, but the Comet Band covering those songs, and I think it was Richie, um, Steve Budgie Warner, Arthur Stead uh, was involved at that point, and probably John Reagan. Um, so, you know, it's been done before, kind of, and if this is something that's kind of built out of the Indianapolis Kiss Expo last year and the jam session at the Chance the year before, um, where a little bit more profile for Frehley's Comet is now, 
economically viable, then go for it. You know, I, I really wish them the best of luck. I know there are fans who probably can't wait to hear Insane Live. Or, if you're a dork like me, I actually want to hear a couple of those Todd songs off Second Sighting live. And as John mentioned in the interview, we're Richie on guitar. It's going to change the dynamics and character of those songs. I think make them a little bit tougher, but hear Todd's melodic, uh, melodic vocals and Richie's gritty guitars. And I think Second Sighting might have a second coming. Well, maybe not. But. I'm like you. I'm like you with that. I, I actually enjoy Todd's songs on uh, Second Sighting. It's kind of part of my summer playlist of music. Um, all the time, and and I'm, what you mentioned with that, that with the dynamics, and I'm kind of thinking like how the Gene Simmons band when he did She's So European uh, this past last year, and it was a little bit heavier, a little more nitty gritty and stuff, and you you know you think maybe some of those polished you know second sighting songs having that nitty gritty of Richie Scarlet's guitar playing and stuff, it, it could be something else. Yeah, so let's just get some initial thoughts. I mean, is this the the lineup that you would have gone with if you were put in charge of putting together Return of the Comet? I mean, it's kind of odd to have Richie and Todd in the same lineup. Um, any other players that you would have thought would have been better suited for this sort of uh, gig? I like having Todd and Richie in the same lineup. I think it's fun, you know, especially with that ace being there. I think I think having those two, having combining those two together, I think it's I think it's great and. You know, in the interview, we talked about how how it happened at Indie Indie Expo, how it just naturally happened, and that's I was listen, when I was listening to the interview, I'm like, you know what? That's just how life happens sometimes. You know, the best things in life are the things that aren't planned, are the things that just kind of naturally happen on their own. You know, sometimes sometimes the the girl that you fall in love with isn't the girl that you've you've stalked for for a couple six weeks or something like that. You know. Sometimes it's it's the girl that that sit next sits next to you in class who you become friends with and, and over time becomes you know your significant other. You know the best things in life are the things that happen naturally. So I think this being in that same vein is is really is really exciting and something to to look for. I'm really anxious to to hear audio samples and some video samples. So. I, I think I think the lineup. So, so it's a long answer that I think the lineup's great. I I wouldn't change a thing because it happened naturally. I wouldn't change a thing. So I just had Keith Alcor pop into my head there when you said uh, stalking girls. Uh, you're not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Uh, Alex, I, what's your thought on the lineup? No, I think the lineup's great. Um, you know, I mean, there's a little bit like, oh man, it'd be cool to see Anton Fig on the drums, but I think that's just you know, and it's just like because you. Sometimes you want to get like the complete with the album stuff, but of course, uh, John, you know, mentioned uh, Anton being busy with uh, Joe Bonamassa. I think that's how you that's say right. the guy's name. Um, you know, so that's that's of course understandable. Um, I and I hope on the jump of the gun, but I'd like to see maybe Arthur Stead come out for a show or two. I think that'd be cool if he uh, came out and, and did some you know guest keys on a song or something. But I think they got a solid lineup. I mean, you know, Todd and John have been doing the. Uh, the four by fate uh, for the past couple of years. So they're pretty solid. And of course, Richie, you know, just doing the stuff with Ace, you know, <laughs> he is pretty solid too. And I enjoy Richie minus where, you know, whatever Gene doesn't like about his antics on stage. Yeah. And that's what I love about Richie that, you know, I can't wait to see him. And I hope this is one thing that they do during the set. And that's what Richie and Ace have done during sets, the guitar wars. I would love to see Todd, and Richie riff it up for you know a little brief section there just to do their own style of playing against one another do their riffs of some of their favorite songs just like Richie and Ace did as uh, particularly on this past tour before Richie was given the Spanish Archer the elbow um so the there's also the opportunity I think John was very clear about that that they are more than willing to have guests come out and Arthur is one Rob Sabino I think is another who played uh, keys early on I don't know for how much uh, Sandy of course Jamie Aldiker. um well I don't know if Carl's able to play but you know they could certainly get him out to a show and uh, heap some praise on the guy um, you know so there's a lot of people who've been around Anton obviously as well so who knows again it's so early we'll have to see how this develops it looks like the timing's pretty good for the recently announced Indianapolis Kiss Expo which will be what is it May the 11th and 12th this year 11th and 12th yeah Mother's Day again Keith you're killing me <laughs> I gotta do some shopping for the wife. Um, but you know, it, it, I, I would hope 
that maybe, you know, with the Freely's Comet thing there last year, that maybe that'll be something that works out. And if not, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them at some uh, events later on in the year. All right. So let's get into the topic today. Um, but before we do, I'm going to ask you to name your poison. Pick your Freely's Comet guitarist. Who's your guy? Todd or Richie? Lonnie? Richie. Alex? I got I got to go with Todd. I, I enjoy Todd. All right, and I'm obviously Richie. Uh, always have been, but there you go. All right, so today's topic is kind of easy. It's built around the interview. It's built around what we've been talking about for at least Comet, our return of the Comet, and it is each one of us put together a set. You know, what are the, some of the songs that uh, you really want to hear Return of the Comet do? And I, I think I said do 12 to 14 songs, but obviously rules are very fluid when it comes to Kiss-related counting. We count by whatever. Um, so our 14-song set, 14 set can often have 23 songs in it. Um, just explain a little bit about how you approached creating your set today. Alex, I mean, how did you go for that? I went, um, you know, looking back, I've had to tweak it because when I first looked at it, it was a little bit in a uh, chronological order, um, which, you know, sometimes I, I like that stuff, but I was like, well, I want to mix it up a little bit. Um, but that being said, um, I did try to stick to the rules. Um, so I think I did like 13 songs, though. Um, but I wanted to have one spot be um, that they could switch out because I, I like it when a band might switch out a song or two, you know, kind of gives a little bit of surprise, even if it's the same slot and the option might be, you know, just two or three songs. Um, so I do have one section where I do have that there. Um, <clears throat> but I think, but I think the beginning and the ending though is pretty strong. And then you kind of work a little bit through the history, uh, with a little bit of uh, chronological, but at the same time, a good mixture though. Excellent. That's a good plan. Lonnie, how did you approach your set? You know, I just went through the, the three core albums and I just thought about what would work best with, with the lineup. And you know, just kind of put it together and how I, how personally I'd want to hear it, you know, because from those core songs, just put it together, how I'd like to hear it. And, you know, I, I couldn't help myself, but a little teaser, I couldn't help myself, but, but including back on the streets in there, cause come on, you got to hear that. That'd be so great. Yeah. Well, I did kind of mention that in the interview, didn't I, you know, Yeah. but, but there you go. And I, I you, kind of you just, pushed me in that direction. Yeah. I'm sorry. I do that. I'm a bad influence. <laughs> um, I, I kind of did the same thing as you. I tried to pick three songs from each of the core albums so that each one of them would be represented. And then I left the rest of the space, you know, basically for some of the rarer stuff. And, you know, it's a mandatory and final track for me, uh, a close out of the set. So, you know, let's jump in with your first couple of picks. Uh, Alex, let's start with you. So I, uh, I started the first of the set, I think, and if it do right and it sound amazing, uh, give it to me anyway. Um, I remember like how it kind of just kind of hit you on the, um, on the 12th, um, not 12 picks, loaded deck album. And so I started with give it to me anyway, and then they just go straight into something moved, uh, right after that. Oh, I like that. That's a nice transition um, as well. And then, you know, you get both. Um, are you wanted any more or do you want to mix it up? <laughs> no, we're going to move on to Lonnie for okay. his first couple. So I started with Breakout, signature song off the first, one of the signature songs off the first album. So just kick it off with that and then straight in The Stranger in a Strange Land for my first two. Oh, nice. And we're getting, we're all different here, which is wonderful. Which is uh, fun. Yeah. You know, for once, we're not, you know, on the same wavelength. We're, I'm kicking into my set with uh, We Got Your Rock right mm. here. And I haven't decided who's going to sing that. I think probably Todd, but Richie, you know, either of them. They can, they can thumb wrestle for it. Um, and then it's going to kick into Words Are Not Enough with Todd on vocals. Um, so I, I insisted on just putting that one because it's a kind of a demo and it's live plus one, the studio cut on that EP. So therefore it gets represented. All right, Alex, on to your next couple. So after the move, I put going into breakdown um, and to have uh, both obviously Todd and, and Richie uh, do trade off vocals. I know John's kind of leaned a little bit towards that. And I'm really hoping they, they stick to that uh, setup there. Uh, and then after the breakout, going into Into the Night. Who's going to sing it? You know, I was thinking uh, I'd like to see Todd sing Into the Night on that one. Yeah, and I, I guess that's going to be the easiest thing to kind of decide for the songs that Ace would have sung, that if it's a more melodic one, it's going to go to Todd, and if it's more of a gritty, shouty vocal, then it goes to Richie. But, 
you know, there we go. So into the night and it goes into what? Uh, into the night. Well, so this is where I have my set list that switches. So I alternate between uh, between three between three songs here. Uh, back into my uh, back into my arms or catch me when I fall. Um, and then words are not enough. And I like to just see like a mixture, you know, depending upon the show. That's where they might alternate a song here or there just for fun. Um, and uh, for those uh, for back into my arms. I kind of just picture like maybe having Richie singing that one, uh, but with "Catch Me When I Fall" or "Words Are Not Enough" to have Todd sing those, and, and of course that'd be like the the switching of the rarity song for that for me. Nice. I, I, quick uh, kind of segue into a different question is: Did anyone go back and look at their sets afterwards and count how many Todd songs and how many Richie songs to see if you were being equal or splitting the load? No. as the case would be. <laughs> okay, so I'm the only loser. Sorry. Okay, I'm the loser. All right, Lonnie, let's get your next few picks in. <laughs> My third and fourth. Um, so I go into separate, and then you have to have rock soldiers in the set list. Sorry, but you have to have it in there. Yeah. So where the you hell know, is, it has where, to be where, in there. Where the hell is Ace? Right, as John said. Yeah, but you have to be in there. I don't know what you're gonna say until Ace is back and he told you so, but. You know that could, know, that, that could become like the black diamond, or is it black diamond, or yeah, you know where Eric often ad libs, you know sure. something of whoever's under his thumb that Gene's got you under his thumb or whoever, yeah, yeah, something to that effect. So that that could be kind of fun playing with that in Rock Soldiers. I'm gonna admit to being a coward. Hold on. <laughs> no podcasting and driving. No, that's holy shit. So cops. All right. So I was a coward and I actually left rock soldiers out. As you could tell when I was interviewing John, I wasn't too sure about that one getting done because it's so autobiographical for Ace. Um, but it is such a core song for the band. So, you know, either way, you know, I frankly, I don't care if they do it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they do do it. And I also copped out and kind of left into the night out of my set as well as much as it was like kind of like the lead single and the big single off that album so my next two picks are calling to you todd the super 707 of power ballads and uh into animal which of course would be richie and because that's been done before seems to make sense all right and that's the first of kind of my really rare cuts all right alex give us a couple more years okay so after the, the little mix of the songs, I uh, will go into A New Kind of Lover. Obviously, Todd singing that one. Uh, going straight into Insane with Richie on lead vocals. Yeah. And I, I just I just feel like Richie would, uh, would nail it with Insane. And I think it would be fun to kind of do something like that because Richie was not involved with the second signing album. So that would definitely be like a cool like mix-up, you know, kind of a you know something for the fans, something different, something cool. That's right. Ace wasn't involved in the second sighting album either, was he? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Lonnie, a couple more for you. Perfect. A couple more for me. You know, I guess now that I'm listening to your guys' and I'm reading off mine, I I guess I'm just really partial to the Ace songs off these albums. But I, Because when I went through, I just picked my favorite songs off the albums, what I'd like to hear live, not even thinking about it. I ended up with a lot of Ace songs, but... My fifth song is Five Card Stud and followed by Insane. He did a little, well, he came in 2008. He came before, I guess, before on the Rocket Ride Tour. He did a little medley that included Five Card Stud. And I wasn't real a big fan of the song prior to that. But after hearing that and hearing like just, just the version of it live, I was just like, you know what? I, I like that song. So I, I had a hard time leaving it out. So five card stud followed by by insane for my next two. Nice, good picks. All right, so mine I get into now the kind of this is the Todd section of my set and it's uh, fallen angel and followed by something moved. Just give him a couple of songs to go on again. One from second siding. And I almost want to write his raps for him to introduce these songs by, but uh, I'm not going to be that much of a geek. All right, Alex, let's get on to a couple more years. So I was a lot of dangerous, and I uh, I did a lot of medley of two songs, um, just because I feel like the second one he's done a little bit, but you can't, you know, you it'd be injustice in my thoughts to not do a little bit of it. Uh, so I did a falling angel going into calling in, calling to you as like a brief, you know, uh, you know, maybe a verse and and the chorus and and 
or maybe two verses, but yeah, a little medley of that. And then we'll go into I'm an Animal with Richie on vocals. Nice. I think medleys is a way of cheating and having more songs in your set yeah. than you otherwise would, but I'm guilty of it too. Uh, we just haven't gotten to mine. Lonnie, how about you? Oh, I followed it up with Something Moved, followed by It's Over Now. Just a great little, little transition, little change of pace on midway through the set. That's the rock and roll all night of this band, kind of. I mean, you know it's over now. It's going to get done. There is, no way, there is no way in hell it is not going to be performed on this set. So yeah. uh, you might as well. So I, I pulled like I pulled the re- I pulled the I guess a revenge tour by putting the rock and roll all night in the middle of the set list, I guess you could say. Yeah, and now, <laughs> and now your set's into the encores. You're just doing 10 of them, right? 10 encores. Right. Just like Kiss. All right, my next couple, and, you know, obviously – a lot of us are kind of thinking the same way around, and John was very clear in the interview. Um, give it to me anyway is going to be there. That, that sounds like that's a lock-in and one I can't wait to hear Richie do again. He Obviously, he did that in the early shows. Um, and then I go back to Todd on uh, Time Ain't Running Out. Um, again, I like some of that melodic stuff, but I'm really excited to hear what Richie brings to it and also Steve on drums. You know, I think we can have a real kick up the backside and still have a great melodic sense, but be a little bit tougher and maybe more, uh, it would have been more palatable to 14 year old me at that time. So um, Alex, back to you for a couple more. So I'll just give one cause less cause my encore. <laughs> so uh, we'll finish at the main set with it's over now. And I'd like to see Richie kind of nail it with the sweet guitar solo. Well, I think that's more than likely going to happen. But there you go. Uh, Lonnie. My two are identical. You're less two. I got to give it to me anyway. Um, well, no, I guess not. Give it to me anyway. Followed by Trouble Walking. Just because I love the song Trouble Walking. I know it's Ace singing it, but you know, it's my set list. I can do what I want. Yeah, and I think Richie has to take that one, right? For sure. Some, I, For I don't, sure. Because Richie was a lead guitar. Yeah, yes. and I, I don't. I don't see Todd being able to keep a straight face while singing that. To be honest. Correct. You know, he's a <laughs> pretty clean living guy for all uh, appearances. All right. So a couple more of mine. I'm digging into the rare barrel here, and I want to be rock or be rocked by Richie. Um, one of the hardest edged vocals. Is, I mean, it's a tough ass song. Um, I think it's a demo from '85, that era, into shot full of rock and that's where you're just going to let Richie fly because he, he does such a great job on that has done for many years um, and again one of my favorite fucking songs off the Trouble Walking album there's my one cuss for this this episode alright Alex you have gone into your encores well now you're into your encores already so uh, how many encores did you decide to give this band and give us your I've first got, couple I've got two I've got two encores so I was trying to be realistic with what size set list they would do. Uh, um, and so I would gosh, they would come out and just go straight into trouble walking with Richie on vocals. Um, but I will say uh, the last one, um, I think it's a great way to end it. Um, and you know, I don't know how they'll do one part of the song, but uh, it's rock soldiers. Um, and I did kind of like the setup that they did uh, or the way they did it on the loaded deck live version uh, where they kind of introduced uh, the band members and stuff. Um, so I'd like to see that that kind of format for Rock Soldiers as the, the final song. Awesome. Good pick. Lonnie, either a couple more of yours, or I guess we're all so, at the end of ours. I have Back on the Streets. I teased that earlier that it's in there. And then the last song on my set is Remember Me. We always will. Thank you. You're unforgettable. Thanks, Julian. Nice pick. I mean, Richie. You're a delight as well. Richie, I take it, going to take that one? For sure. For sure. All right. So obviously I'm either going really slow or I've got way too many songs on my list because uh, (laughs) my main set, my main set, let's see if I can even speak. Um, I'm not drinking. Obviously I'm in a car. Really, I I guess I have a speech. Good for you. Um, Too Young to Die, Richie, again. And then I want to do a medley, just like you, Alex cheated multiple times during your set um, except I want mine to start with Eugene um, because John Reagan played bass on that Crazy Joe album and I think Rob Sabino's on there as well and he later did a bit of work with Ace but uh, because it's got Ace 
connected to John Reagan way back when. I think it'd be hilarious just to do that. And then into a little bit of Lost in Limbo, Insane Sister, culminating in Catch Me When I Fall. Um, and my set closes with It's Over Now by Todd. And then into, I, I guess I got to keep going into my encores because I have way too many songs. All right. and uh, I got one. I, my, I got one encore, too. Okay. So let's go back I to got, you then. My encore is We Got Your Rock. I haven't said it yet. So end on a high note. Yeah. That's how you started, isn't it? That's how I started. And I'm ending mine with uh, Take Me to the City, Richie from the Spacewalk tribute album, uh, and Breakout. Breakout's going to be the last song so that they can dedicate That's it hard. to you-know-who. And uh, you, you kind of like uh, just finish with their, I guess, the most recognizable Frehley's Comet song. I guess that's open to debate uh, with a few of the songs in their catalog. But to me, it feels like the singular Frehley's Comet song, and therefore I, I just want to close with that. But, you know, what does surprise me in this set is – We've all had a lot of the same songs, but there has been a few really different picks. And John's mentioned, you know, he's got like 40 songs to sit down and go through and just, as he put it, woodshed the songs to see what feels good and then take these songs to the other guys. I mean, do you think kind of the songs that we all pick are more likely than not going to be in there? And uh, if you have to pick one song for your set, which one do you most most want to hear live, whether it's in person or on YouTube. Lonnie. I gotta hear Separate. Wow. Just because. Or not, I don't know. Separate or Stranger in a Strange Land, one of the two. Yeah, I've heard Stranger in a Strange Land. You've heard that one. So I gotta say Separate. Yeah. I like Separate. That's a good. I mean, that's a really off the wall pick. I was thinking about that one, um, and Love Me Right, but uh, Love Me Right's good. That's got a great. I'm gonna go separate. I'm sticking with separate. Yeah, I gotta hear that. Love the groove on Love Me Right. I just wanted to kind of keep it hard rock, harder rock. Um, Alex, what is the one in your set that you really, really want? A new kind of lover. I've always enjoyed that song. Wow, second side. Interesting, too. Getting a lot of Kiss FAQ podcast love. And <laughs> for me, I'm going to be contrary. Rock or be rocked. I want to hear that. You know, any of the unreleased tracks, um, unreleased songs, give them to me anyway. Wow. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> I think you probably saw that one coming like the Hindenburg. Um, yeah. Somebody- Demos or second side <clears throat> stuff is really exciting. So, you know, when we open this episode up to, you know, everyone's comments, I mean, what are the ones that you want to hear the most, you know, and how would you structure your set list? Keeping it reasonable. I mean, I think most of these guys are going to do around a 15 song set list at this, in this day and age. I think that's more than reasonable uh, without you know, pushing it too long. Todd, you know, still has great pipes. Obviously he proved that uh, in Miami when I saw him with uh four by fate sounded fantastic, but you also don't want to stress, uh, you know, stress things out. Let's get to the final part of this topic. And that is a title for this. If they were to record your set live and release it as an album or DVD, what would you title it? Alex, you know, I was, I was thinking about it and, and I was trying to go with the Comet theme. And, you know, I used to name some of the Comets like the Great Comet of the Year. So I get, what am I seeing? I guess like the Great Comet of 2019 or something like that. A uh, little real reference to some of the old titles to Comets back in the day. And, and of course, obviously, Return of the Comet. Nice. So. Lonnie. See, I like... It's tough because I really like the idea of Return of the Comet, but obviously they've already used that. So I went with Back in the System. I'm Back in the Solar System. I don't know. It's not very good. It's not very good. That's what I went with. Well, we'll see if I have. You don't have to say nice. You don't have to say nice. It's not very good. We'll see if I have a winner because I didn't think of this myself. Byron, all credit to you for coming up with Return of the Comet, No Space for Ace. Wow. <laughs> I I love that. I think it's just pretty uh, good. It's quirky. But Did uh, you have any songs you didn't want to hear at all, Julian or Lonnie? Songs I don't want to hear? No, I, I want to hear anything. I want to hear anything that they want to play. 
I seriously, think, yeah, I, I I actually think that absolutely any of the demos, any of the stuff off the album, regardless of who sang it, um, everything up to including the '95 demo, so that's uh, "Too Far Gone," "Sister," because "Sister" dated from '88 anyway. Um, you know, all or "Too Far Gone," what, uh, "Take Me to the City," all of that. All of it's open to being done. Just keep it, keep it to all of that stuff up to '95. So the original run of Frilly's Comet and the Ace Frilly Band, because you've got Richie, you've got Steve, who are in that band up to '95. Go for it. I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't do anything. I don't think I would be disappointed to hear songs, even those that I don't actually like. And I'm hopeful that maybe reinterpreting or rearranging them a little bit might actually make me like them more. So I only see positives as coming out of this. And, you know, I think it's really fun to see what they do and what they decide to do. Now that they've heard an episode of a podcast with some ideas, and obviously John will be doing interviews with a lot of people, as will other band members probably beforehand, and they'll talk about songs that are close to their heart from their time in the band. And maybe when you take all of those things and put them together, you put John's songs that he mentioned. I mean, he mentioned five. They've got four listed on the website right now. Um, Something Moves, one of them. I don't remember the other two. Um, Too Young to Die is one of the others. You know, just wait and see what they come up with. Lonnie, uh, anything that you don't want to hear? No, I, I really don't think there's anything I don't want to hear. I mean, I, I hear, I, I'm excited for anything they want to deliver. Because like I said, it's, it's a, it's a forgotten part of our favorite bands, like little, you know, Aces. It's a part that gets ignored. It's a part that Ace has ignored in his set for years. And I'm excited to hear any of these songs they want to pull out. I really truly am. So there's, there's nothing I'm like, Oh, please don't play that. No, please play anything off of these albums. Please play any demos you want to play. Play anything you want and I'll be excited to hear it. Yeah, preferably play demos like One Plus One that we didn't know or the most people didn't even know existed before it came out on mm-hmm. that freaking album because all the stuff, a lot of stuff has circulated. You know, surprise us. That, that would be the best possible thing is like, oh, here's some songs that you clowns who think you know everything don't know about and boom. Um, you know, that, that would be really exciting. But, you know, I, I really don't care. You know, maybe this will turn into a, Kulik Brothers Band, you know, kind of thing that saved Kiss Cruise 8, or it was Bruce Kulik who saved Kiss Cruise 8 to some minds, and maybe Return of the Comet will uh, come on board and save Kiss Cruise 9. So, who knows? It's going to be exciting to find out. It's only, you know, um, eight weeks away, I think, until April the 11th, uh, when the first shows are. So, again, go to... We'll put the link in because, again, I don't have it written down in front of me. I think it is the return of the comet and uh, that's also the Facebook, but we will put that link in there. All right, let's leave that there for today and leave the interview as the main part of this topic. For those of you who have joined us, what are the songs that you want to hear most? What most excites you about the return of the comet? Um, it, it's interesting no matter what, and what, what is the one song that you can do with never hearing again? I think it's pretty clear that you're not going to have to put up with Love Gun or Deuce. And that will be a nice, nice break. All right. So for now, <laughs> from Lonnie, from Alex, and myself, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Kiss FAQ podcast. Bye now. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.